Hey, everybody. Thanks again for joining my episode. I think this is episode six or five, right around there. So we're quietly accumulating episodes as we go here. And again, I appreciate all of you that have uh, continued to listen and be patient with me over the last uh, week and a half. I was traveling for work. Um, and between that, I was at the Dallas Card Show, and then I was in Vegas for about a week. So it's been pretty hectic in terms of work travel, the Dallas show, um, and then a pregnant wife and trying to get home uh, for the appointments and things of that nature that you don't want to miss out on for those that have had children before. This is my first uh, um, experience with that. Uh, It's been pretty cool. I don't think it's hit me quite yet um, that I am having a child, a baby boy. We're actually revealing that uh, on Friday to uh, her parents. I've already told my parents. We did a little FaceTime um and uh they, my parents are in portugal retired so um yeah so we are looking forward to um friday evening uh in revealing that we are having a boy so i'm excited for that for obvious reasons i think every male once they uh know they're having a child that they always hope for the male first obviously obviously you always hope for a healthy baby so again thank you for your patience everybody in waiting um if you're not following me on Instagram yet. It's at special one cards. Same name is here. Um, on whatnot as well. I do occasionally break. I do uh singles as well, streams once in a while. I haven't really done a really thorough one lately uh with soccer, just trying to build up some inventory to do that. Did um one for hockey um earlier today. Uh went pretty well. Some slabs I moved. I have some other uh soccer to throw out there as well. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to do this. If it's mystery packs, making it really worth it or not. And, um, we do still have a four box break of stadium club Chrome. Uh, so it's four boxes, $55 flat. It's going to be random teams. And, uh, we're going to give Barcelona away. Excuse me. Wow. Right there in the episode. Um, we're going to give Barcelona away in each box. How we'll do that is we'll do a duck race. So if you're interested in getting in that break, we're trying to fill that as soon as possible. I think we've got two people in there thus far. There's uh, I put two wild card spots in there, but if those don't fill, it's fine. No big deal. The two wild card spots, what they'll do is they'll give you the opportunity to, um, if you land one, you can swap with somebody who's got a team and uh, the wild card spots will be two mystery slabs. Um, slabs will probably be worth more than the spot, uh, just so you're aware. Um, just kind of a neat little thing. Um, we will not reveal the slab, though, if you fall in the wild card spot, if you make the trade. If you don't make the trade, then you'll get to see it, obviously. So just a quick thing there, quick plug for that um, break. I don't break a lot. It seems like it's getting a little harder to uh, fill breaks, especially with Stadium Club Chrome. Uh, it's been a few weeks now that it's been out, and most people, I think, are breaking in Merlin. So I haven't been able to find a really good price on Merlin to break, so I've kind of stayed away from it. All right, guys, let's get into it. I have a lot of things to talk about. This is not kind of a normal type of episode in terms of breaking down a set or breaking down players. Kind of a approach of where I'm at in the hobby, those types of things, what I'm looking at, what I'm discovering. But the topics we're going to talk about today is one of them is how I collect, what I look for, what are my uh, intentions or goals, right? Um, the other question is, is a stock, is a soccer market regressing or is there stagnation? 
uh, then one player I'm looking at, not necessarily a prospect, upcoming collecting plans, and then shows I'll be at in the next few months, and a hobby wish list. The shows part is interesting to me because I haven't met a lot of you, so if some of you guys are attending any of the shows I'm going to, it'll be really nice to meet you. I've met some folks uh, in Dallas, which was really cool to do. Uh, it's always nice to put a face with a, a name, obviously. So, um, so that's that'll that'll be interesting to see if I actually end up meeting any of you guys at any of these shows. So, um, how I collect, what I look for. Now, I, I you know I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I thought it was important. There's a few people that uh, have kind of asked me uh, my opinions on different things. I am the type of person that does not necessarily uh chase what everybody else is chasing obviously i have a lot of really low pop stuff pop ones uh things of that nature i'm always trying to be ahead and what i mean by that is trying to find uh diamonds in the rough so i can be ahead of everybody a perfect example is uh Vlahovic, right his red ticket i had graded well before the hype kind of popped off well before he had gotten to juventus i had watched him at fiorentina i was really impressed with him for a while Got his uh, red ticket. Uh, I graded it. I bought that card at a card show, I believe, for like, I think it was like two or three bucks at the time. This is a while ago. I've been graded, got a 10. I was looking for the future in terms of that card and in terms of him being a really successful number nine somewhere. So that's a kind of an example of being ahead. I then did sell that card already uh, recently, not recently, but in the last year. So um, I got out of it. I now kind of want another one. Um, so I'm going to try to get another one. Same thing with Rafael Leal. Same type of player where I look at a player and I see the upside and the potential in that player. Rafael Leal is an interesting case because he didn't really kind of burst on the scene. There were flashes in the pan of of him becoming really uh, excellent. A lo loads of talent. You know, we saw that at Sporting at the youth level. We saw that at uh, Lille uh, when he was there. And then ultimately at Milan, uh, he kind of started to develop a little quicker a little further along the, than most players and i think it helps when you get put on uh, put on a team with some you know a veteran like zlata and who can help you kind of grow as a player so how i collect right so that's kind of a piece there i try to find players that are diamonds in the roughs i don't necessarily like to call it prospecting and a lot of people use that term loosely prospecting in terms of oh like, this is a prospect some of them are yes some of them are not some of these guys i've seen play quite a bit for a year two years in kind of the lower leagues so i don't consider them really prospects it's a matter of time before they really break out somewhere else or if they end up somewhere else case in point is fabio vieta he's a guy that i talked about quite a bit uh beginning of last season um darwin nunez is another one those guys i thought were going to be potentially really good players uh down the road uh, i just didn't expect for example, Fabio Vieira, I did expect him to get sold uh, this past summer and he did Arsenal pick them up. Um, a kid like him, he's interesting. He was the uh, Euro U21 tournament player of the tournament. Uh, so it's not like I didn't know who he was or people didn't know who he was. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of people in the hobby did not know who he was, having not watched the Portuguese league, having not watched that tournament um, and, and seeing the way he plays. High intelligent IQ uh, player that I've watched. Um, made his debut for Arsenal over the weekend, scored a goal, a nice, really nice goal too. Um, so when I had talked about him uh, last fall uh, and potential for him for the next year, 
after the summer. Uh, I didn't anticipate him actually moving quite this summer. I thought it would be another year until that happened. But he's already in the he's already in the Premier League. Fantastic little player. He is twenty one. He is um, smaller in size than most players, uh, but that does that's not necessarily a disadvantage. So. Um, so players like that, you know, you got to look for those types of, of qualities. Um, Rafael Leon, the same sense. I spoke briefly about him, but it's not necessarily prospecting. When people say, oh, I don't prospect, it's not necessarily a prospecting type of play. It's a more of a, I've watched the player play. I've done the eye test, and I'm not talking about watching him on YouTube either. I'm talking about watching him in actual gameplay. Um, that's important to watch. YouTube only shows the highlights. They don't show anything else. They don't show anything important. They don't. They don't show his, let's say, the bad parts of his game, right? So that's kind of where I look at things differently than some other people might look at them, or collector base. And some people may ask, well, how do you watch these games? A lot of the streaming services now offer a lot of these different games to watch. You know, I watch Scottish League too sometimes which is on, I think it's Paramount. I have all of those, but I can never remember which exactly which one it is. Serie A is on there as well. Um, so I think knowledge is power in terms of watching the actual games, doing the eye test. That's rule number one for me in my collecting. Um, next thing, the first thing in collecting is just have fun, right? Uh, don't make this, and there's nothing wrong with flipping and moving cards uh, because you're trying to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. I know a lot of people speak down on that. I do not. I think it's perfectly fine, perfectly okay to do that. But as long as you're having fun, then you can never lose, right? So if you buy a card and the card drops, if you love the card, what does it matter at that point? You, you're really enjoying the card and you enjoy what you've got. Now, everyone's now everyone's kind of like chasing the numbered cards. I only buy numbered cards. I don't buy base. I don't buy this. I don't buy... Again, I've talked about that on an episode before where base is going to be important. Even your refractors are going to be very important uh, if you think about it. I just got a Jeremy Pino Topps Chrome refractor back from PSA. It tend. Uh, probably, I'm going to estimate uh, Gavi is about $190 right now, PSA 10 on a refractor. I'm going to say Pino is probably around 70 80 bucks. Don't really know. It's a pop one. So the pop one uh, terminology gets thrown along. A lot around a lot, obviously by me, I'm guilty of it too. Um, meaning it's only there's only one available population uh, report with the PSA database. Um, that's a little overrated, obviously, uh, and I'm one to kind of I always talk about it too. I'll pop oh, it's so a pop one, pop two. Yeah, I do that. Uh, or Roger Fernandez, I own ten of those PSA tens, and it's a pop ten. I own all of them. So um, a little overrated, guys, uh, and. I think sometimes I let the marketing kind of get that side of me uh, where I talk about those things. So, but pop reports are important. So, you know, in terms of what you're looking at, what I look for, I do look at pop reports. I look for undervalued, uh, even if you're just buying slabs, undervalued slabs, right? PSA nines right now, I think offer tremendous value. Uh, PSA nine, um, kind of crazy a lot of them are running close to the raw prices and that shouldn't be that way so i think psa nines will present a huge opportunity for people down the road to purchase and make some money obviously uh and especially with the world cup coming up so um so yeah i do look for serial number cards obviously that's important but you also have to look for parallels and short prints and super short prints or 
SSPs. Those are important as well in the hobby because they're rare. Uh, scarcity is number one, not the, the most number one important thing, right? Uh, in terms of what we look at. But for example, a Ronaldo, like same club Chrome that I've got, I've got like a few of his base. I've got a few refractors. I love those cards. Um, are they worth a lot? No, but I love the cards. I love the imagery on same club Chrome. I love the image of that Ronaldo, him in front of the crowd. Um, will it present huge value? No, but I love the card. So the, as long, again, if you're, if you're enjoying yourself and having fun in the hobby, that's the most important thing uh, for everybody to kind of take a step back and, and understand. Um, now, the other thing about what the market is kind of moving towards is obviously our serial number cards, super short prints, like I talked about, and um, how we look at that. I'm starting to see a little more regression on the autographs, right? Uh, so what I mean by that is uh, I see values kind of steadily coming down. Uh, once a player signs quite a bit, those values come down. I mean, Pedri is a very good example. If you get you get a Pedri Stadium Club Chrome Auto for $100 right now from this year's set, is would I put a higher value on that? Uh, if I was an emotional Barcelona fan, probably would, but uh, I don't. Um, and that's because he signs a lot. So we have players that sign a lot. Um, and I think we're going to start to continue to see that. So you have to find players that don't sign a lot. That's important. Um, and then you also got to look for sets where the autographs are a little more rare. Um, you know, we're talking anything before last year's uh, Topps Chrome. I think you'll find a lot of stuff that's really interesting, really nice stuff that you can either put away uh, or you can even move it uh, during the World Cup or move it in the next year, or move it in the next two years, whatever it may be what you want to do with it. But autographs pre last year's releases or just 2020, 2021 or 2021, I think present a, a huge opportunity, um, a little more expensive, obviously, than what you see today. But I think those are extremely important. Now, one of the things what I look for when I go to shows, right, uh, and what I'm kind of attacking, I, I've stopped looking in cases now. Um, I've made it a point to stop looking in display cases because all I see is Erling Holland. Erling Holland, Erling Holland, or Mbappe. I actually think Mbappe is still a pretty good, uh, pretty good buy in terms of what you're getting. Holland. Now I like Holland. I think he's a fantastic player. I just won't buy his cards. I think uh, his cards are too expensive. Uh, the market is too high on him. I think, and that's just my opinion. You might disagree. Some people might agree. Some people might disagree. Whatever it might be, <clears throat> but. I think is the market on his cards are too high for a few reasons. Number one, um, if you look at he's not at the World Cup, uh, he hasn't won a World Cup. Mbappe's won a World Cup. So that's why there's an opportunity with Mbappe, I think, is because Mbappe's won the World Cup, and I think the values are kind of stagnating around the same on each other's uh, kind of big uh, rookies, right? I think about the Mbappe, and I haven't checked this in a while, so don't quote me on this, but an Mbappe Topps Chrome rookie PSA 10. What does that go for? Actually, we'll look at it right now just to kind of get a comparison of, of what we're of what we're dealing with. Killing Mbappe PSA 10 rookie. Let's see. Topps Chrome. So we're talking about that really great 17 uh Topps Chrome rookie. And a PSA 10. 
from that set. Let's just take a look. And I probably should have prepared this beforehand, but I didn't because I sometimes stuff comes to thought and you're you're quick to jump on it. Refractor is twenty four hundred dollars. Okay, so we'll start there. We'll look at the refractor. Twenty four hundred dollars for the refractor. Um, his PSA ten base uh, last sold for three fifty. Okay, now when we talk about when we compare apples to apples, we'll do Erling Holland versus um, Mbappe refractor and uh obviously um base right uh so 350 and 2400 i think were the numbers we said so a early holland uh tops chrome let's see here base okay so the holland refractor out of chrome a psa 10 is 1254 so it's about a little under half of what an Mbappe is, and then the base is three fifty four. So again, um, you know, I guess that's not as bad as I thought it was uh, in terms of actually the better kind of judgment here is a Chrome Bundesliga, which is the Chrome Bundesliga base for Erling Holland's at seven ninety nine. Uh, so it's almost double Mbappe's uh, price. So I think there's opportunity there if you look at it from that way. Maybe I'll do a chart on that for my next Instagram post: Holland versus Mbappe. And why I see an opportunity there. I think Mbappe's value can only continue to rise. I think Holland's are they've already baked in the whole city coming to city and things of that nature. So that's kind of like a way to look at it. Um, but again, I don't look in display cases much because I, I just I just don't believe in Mbappe. I mean, I believe in Mbappe's future growth in the market. I do not believe that Holland can grow much much more. I mean, obviously he's breaking goals records he's doing crazy things but in the same respect i need to think about well where can i if i'm trying to move cards or move money around where's my opportunity going to be however i do think that um mbappe for me would be a hold if i had him um, i've had hollands in the past and i still have one holland uh, laying around um graded it's a psa 10 from sapphire and I'll probably just hold it because I'm not that much into the card. But that's the thing that you guys got to kind of look for. Those are important ways to, like, look at different things in terms of comparison, right? Which player am I going to go for? Which player at the World Cup is going to have more impact? Holland's not going to be there, obviously. So could present a time. Holland could present a time to buy during the World Cup because he won't be in games. So that's something to consider as well. I mean, you can see Mbappe probably move up in price. and You could probably see Holland drop in price. Because people moving into Mbappe with expectations of um, increased performance or great performances from France. And France looked good uh, earlier today with that 2 nothing win. Uh, so uh, with Mbappe scoring as well. So um, so you have to consider that. And then uh, and kind of off topic, Oliver Giroud looked really good um, teaming up uh, with, with Mbappe and on that France team uh, with Benzema out of injury. So... Consider those things really important, you know, when you're looking for things, find your niche, get in those lanes and and, and stay in those lanes and, and hold yourself accountable to it. It's important. I've, like I said, I've stopped looking in displays. Uh, people's prices are too high. A lot of people have bought into those cards at a high price and they can't afford to sell them for lower because they just can't take the loss. Sometimes you have to take a loss. I have taken losses on cards before plenty of times, um, but that's part of the not the fun part of the hobby, losing money, but um, 
but you can make it up in other areas, right? You just got to be uh, creative and, and figure that out. So um, in terms of display case, I stay out of there. I'm always kind of in the value box plays, watching value boxes and what they do. Uh, very important. There's really some unique things you can find in there. So look in the value boxes and, and try to think about what you're doing there. Um, for example, my trip to Dallas, I found a Jeremy Pino Auto Obsidian um, in a box, value box. I found a Nani Auto in there as well. I found Nico Collins, the Texans wide receiver auto. And then I found a uh, Golovkin patch from Topps Allen Ginter rookie. So I got those four for 20 bucks. I picked those four out of the box. And it was like a $5 box, whatever it was. Uh, it was I think it was one of those like boxes with autos, $5, patches, $5. So 20 bucks. The Pinot alone is probably a $70 card. So think about that for a second. If you take the time, if you're taking the time to go to a card show, you might as well take the time and go through value boxes. That's all I'm going to tell you. Very important to do that. I did spend at Dallas, I did spend a good hour on one table going through four row boxes that were cards that weren't even top loaded. They were sleeved. That was pretty much it. And I found some lacrosse cards. Lacrosse. You're like, lacrosse, what? Yes, lacrosse. Paul Rabidel, uh, legend of lacrosse, found a few of his cards for 50 cents a piece. I mean, patches, uh, number card, opportunities, right? Um, will I hold those? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I'll probably sell one of them and keep one. I'll grade, I'm going to grade both. Um, so my goal there is obviously to turn that into some money. And even at, a let's say, a $22 submission with PSA, I can take that card. I'm only 50 cents into the card. I can still sell it. For 40 bucks, 50 bucks, and I make money, right? Um, so something to consider. When you guys take the time and go through value boxes, you can find some really good stuff. I found some Sapphire, like CDK rookies. I found some Sapphire Alejandro Marks, another kid I really like. Rainier Jesus, uh, Sapphire dollars for a dollar rookies, right? Take those, grade them. You, you, you're minimizing your risk completely. If you're buying a raw Holland for like $200, you're taking on a lot of risk, right? You may think the card looks good. And I try, I, I think I'm pretty good at figuring out what cards will gem and not. But every once in a while, I do get surprised quite a bit with what stuff that gets sent in where I think something's going to 10 and it nines. And then I think something's going to nine and 10. So minimizing your risk is very important. That's why I'm a strong value play box guy. And I look through boxes because it's important to do that. Um, I look for second-year legends, right? And this goes for any sport, really. Uh, soccer really hasn't primarily seen that kind of uptick. Uh, we'll probably see that eventually down the line as the hobby starts to grow and mature. I think that'll happen. So, like, this year's Pedri's second year, right? Pedri, Kamavinga, Musiala, uh, who else? Um, I'm probably missing quite a fit, bit of guys. But guys like that, Jude Bellingham, there's another one, probably the biggest one or in my opinion, um, but second year cards will be valuable eventually. Uh, we have come, become accustomed to throwing our base in commons boxes, donating them, trashing them, whatever you're doing with your base. I really suggest you start to keep some of that stuff. I think it's important. Um, so think about that, consider that, put them away, whatever you're gonna do. If you wanna put them on eBay, 99 cents, you can do that too as well. I do send that sometimes as well. Uh, I do sell some stuff for 99 cents on eBay because I think that's important to do that. It kind of helps you accumulate some money on the side to buy other things. So um, consider those things really important in how you collect, how I collect, what I look for. 
And one of the most important things I look for is obviously upcoming big events. So with uh, tennis, for example, I brought a bunch of Francis Teofis um, before um, the U.S. Open. Uh, had those in hand. Uh, he lost, of course, to Carlos Alcaraz in a really great matchup, uh, late night match. Um, and I have those now. I have about, I think it's seven of the base, and I have like four or five, or maybe even six patches. Um, and I'm setting that stuff to grade because it was so cheap for me to get that stuff. Uh, and I have no risk. And they're long-term plays. I mean, I can sell one per per tournament or right before a tournament where people are speculating on, you know, uh, Wimbledon, for example, the Australian Open next year, where people are speculating on certain performances. I could put one up if it's 10s or 9s, whatever it is. I could put one up. I'm making my money there. I'm not worried about that. So think about those things and the events coming up. And for us in the soccer world, it's for the World Cup, right? And I talked about the World Cup the World Cup is going to be a very important event, obviously. Do I foresee us seeing the uptick that we've seen in soccer? Although soccer's performed very well the last uh, year or so. I know some people have said, oh, the market's down, the market. The market is not down, guys. The data suggests otherwise the market's up. Even over the last 30 days, uh, soccer is still doing pretty well. Um, in looking at the card ladder indexes uh, today, I'm going to take a look at it actually right now just to kind of give you an idea of where we're at. Soccer, um, over the last, where is the soccer? So it's down 3% this week, all right? Uh, but over the last two weeks, 2%. Over the last three months, 5%. Over the last month, down 3%. Over the last six months, down 13.5%. I think that's because of the summer off season that that, that causes that. But over the last year, it's down 2.43%. Over the last two years, it's up 155%. Okay? Still well ahead of what you may have thought the market was doing. So um, take those things into consideration. That's really important. The next topic. So, yeah, the next topic I really want to talk about is in terms of what we're seeing in the hobby, particularly in soccer, right? Is the soccer market regressing or is there stagnation? Um, I am asking myself this question because I think some of you might be asking the same question. And it's because for me, one of the things that for me that's been kind of tough is filling this four box break of Stadium Club Chrome, right? Uh, haven't been able to really fill it. I've gotten two people to reserve spots. I even added two wildcard spots and I will also give away a slab. But I'm starting to notice certain uh, products are just not filling. Um, they're not. Steam Club Chrome is one. And obviously you have the issue of when new product comes out, uh, it does it does really well um, initially, uh, early on, you will do very well. The earlier you are, the quicker you might sell the product. And being first to market is really important. I always talk about that in terms of slapped cards. So for me, obviously, I'm seeing it from my perspective where I'm not filling a four-box Stadium Club Chrome for 55 bucks, which is really cheap. And it's frustrating a little bit uh, because I kind of think about it. I'm like, well, Stadium Club Chrome presents a really good opportunity. Beautiful cards, really nice set, uh, beautiful images. We have our numbered stuff in there. We have uh, short prints in there. We have autos. We have beam teams, which is a big insert. Uh, this case has actually been really hot. We've gotten four beam teams out of this case. 
Two of them have been autos, one of them being enough 10 Kevin De Bruyne too. So um, that's kind of, I'm starting to see some different things happen in terms, and even in Dallas, I didn't see soccer guys move a lot of cards. And I would ask them, are, are you moving a lot of stuff? And they were saying, no, it's really quiet. Uh, and that could be uh, the basis of pricing, right? If we're pricing things too high uh, or a Holland, for example, where it's, he's already really high and there's no opportunity there for people to, let's say, have some meat on the bone to make some more money, then that could be the issue. I don't know. I, I really kind of want to get your thoughts on it uh, in terms of what you guys think is happening or are people just overpricing things and not, or maybe they just can't lose the money, right? They'd rather keep the card than, than lose money. But in the same respect, it's kind of like sometimes you have to, and I've done this before, you have to move off the card to go to get somewhere else. You know, one of the struggles I've had lately is I've been looking for a Gonzalo Ramos Atomic Gold forever. Um, I've found two. One of them, one individual is not selling. He's got, an atom- he's got a regular gold that he'll sell. I just don't like the price on it. Um, so there is another one that is available on the web. It's an SGC 10 that I would love to purchase, but... I'm kind of like, I don't want to just go out and purchase it because it's a three three fifty investment and I have to move stuff to get into that. And where that comes to, like, what can I move to get into that? I could move my Fabio Vieta Stadium Club Chrome Gold Rookie PSA 10 Pop 1 to get that card. Do I want that card? Yes, I do want the Gonzalo. Do I want to sell the Fabio Vieta? No, I don't really. But that's kind of the... The opportunity cost. You have to look at on both perspectives. All right, which card do I want more? Which player do I believe in more? And me being a Benfica fan, obviously I want the Gonzalo Ramos card. I want that. But I also want to keep Vieta because I think he's a future star for the national team. So it's a dicey area. Uh, and maybe I move some hockey to get there. So I have to kind of come up with creative ways to do that without having to dive into my own personal money to, do, to be able to accomplish that. And that's one thing. To be in this hobby, you have to put money into it to be able to get to the point where it's self-sustaining. I'm finally getting to a point where I can sustain myself based on selling slabs, not so much the breaks because the breaks, I'm not really trying to make a lot of money off it. I'm just trying to make a little bit to cover the supplies, a little bit of the time, not even, I think it works out to like eight bucks an hour. I basically make on those breaks. Um, But I I really want to leverage the slabs I sell to buy into other slabs. Right. Uh, And then, try to move or even buy raw and then take the raw and grade the raw to try to move those for something or find something that you really want. Like the Uzebi for a few weeks ago that I acquired that I already sent in to grade. So I'm trying to figure out, well, what do I do here? How do I fund this grading? How do I, I have to sell a slab to do that. So, um, so try to do that. It's, it's very important to, um, to do that, uh, take some time back, have a little financial responsibility in how you're doing that, especially in the market that we are right now with the stagnant um, stagnation. And that's my kind of my observation. Uh, I could be completely wrong. Obviously, I see Merlin Chrome is going off really well with many channels. And I actually like Merlin Chrome a lot. I do think that uh, some of it's overpriced. Uh, but again, I don't know in all fairness to the breakers that are breaking it, because I break as well. I just haven't broken any Merlin. Uh, I don't know what they got the what they got the the product cost at. So um, 
I've actually taken a step back and I'm starting to look at things. Okay, what can I do to go back to where I was um, even six months ago, seven months ago? Uh, you may recall some of you that have been on whatnot. I was one of the first ones to break uh, Chronicles T-Mall 2019-20 uh, with the Dusan tickets, the Leon tickets, the Declan Rice tickets, the Mason Mount rookie tickets, the red versions, because I saw that set as a potential opportunity, and I see it as a potential opportunity again still. Um, and I think the prices on that stuff have come down a little bit. So I think there's a huge opportunity there for a set like that where it's a little lower production than most things. And one of the things I'm going to do actually for one of the posts coming up this weekend is I'm going to look at the Chronicles uh, red tickets versus the regular tickets for you to kind of break down those numbers so you can understand. So from my perspective, I, I see the market may be stagnant right now and a little kind of slow. And that's because for a few reasons, obviously, it's kind of, Maybe we've just been oversaturated. We had, you know, we have Chrome, we had Finest, we had Stadium Club Chrome, we've got Merlin now, we had Flagship, we had Sapphire, we had uh, First Edition. So I think I rattled off eight sets there or seven. I can't even think of it. So that could be it. Could we be um, saturating our own market possibly could Tots be doing it possibly uh, again i think fanatics is doing a good job in relative of in terms of what they're doing with kind of the mix of retail and what they're doing with hobby right um tops chrome did not release blasters this year if i remember correctly no they didn't but the same club chrome has got megas and we have merlin's got blasters so and those have uh, exclusive opportunities in those sets to buy retail. So I think the market may be slowing down a little bit, but it could be for a few reasons. It could be with the World Cup, the anticipation of the World Cup coming up. People are saving their money to buy for the World Cup or during the World Cup. That could be a piece of it. The other piece of it could be just stagnant behavior, right? I myself, I've opened a few boxes of Stadium Club Chrome. Love the product. Um, I haven't pulled a lot of numbered rookies or anything like that for myself. For my breaks I have, just not for me. So I'm just not that lucky. So remember that I think it's important um, what you put into hobby, the hobby can become. I think it's important. But number one, just have fun with it. It's not all about making money. It's about having fun. Going For me, the fun part of it is going through those value boxes and finding kind of those, those gems where they don't realize, like the Jeremy Pino auto obsidian, like, it's like, wow, why is this in here for five bucks? What a deal. Even a Luis Nani from Select Euro 2016, I think, auto. Uh, got one of those. Really nice card. Like, five bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. So spend time looking through your value boxes. And I know some of you like buying into the bigger slabs and having the bigger slabs to move that. But that presents huge risk, obviously. Uh, and an example I give you is Trey Lance, for example, right? Trey Lance. Just got hurt this past weekend. What happened to his cards? His cards tumbled. So be careful. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm never wishing anything bad upon Mbappe or Holland or any star player. But if you happen to hold a big Holland or a big Mbappe and let's say he tears his ACL, then what? Uh, then you're stuck with that big slab. And it's, and again, as long as you're having fun, then that's fine. Uh, but also take into account why that's important. And that's why I kind of really, I mess around with a lot of stuff that's in the, you know, uh, 50 to like, let's say three, $400 slab area. That's where I really kind of my, my niche is or my niche, uh, for me because of the risk. Uh, I don't want to put myself in huge risk. 
so I stay in kind of that lane and and I handle it that way. So, um, all right, guys. So next part of this episode, really wanted to talk about, and hopefully you guys haven't gotten bored yet. Uh, I really would love to hear your thoughts on this episode because this episode is not as directly focused on soccer or uh, vice versa with the hobby is doing. It's more of a kind of a personal uh, opinion or a reflection on on how I see things. So the next piece, um, one player I'm looking at that's not necessarily a prospect is Rafael Liao. I think Rafael Liao is, uh, and we talked about him briefly at the beginning of the show, but he, I think he presents a huge opportunity. Um, I'm hoping that he does get the start at the World Cup. He is a phenomenal player. He was the best player in Serie A last year, and he's shown it again this year. Tremendous dribbler, tremendous technical skill. Uh, one of the knocks on him for the last few years was his finishing ability. He has really worked on that, and he's really improving quite rapidly in that area. He's a tremendous talent. I really think he presents a huge opportunity for people. There's rumors now that Chelsea and City are trying to make a move for him for next summer. Uh, I kind of hope he stays at Milan, uh, AC Milan, because uh, I would love to see that club be great again, even though I'm not a fan of AC Milan, but I would love to see that club be great again with him kind of being the backbone for that to happen. So Raphael, I think, presents a huge opportunity. There are some really good values out there. You have his red rookie ticket. You have his uh, Pitch Kings uh, rookie, which is an insert out of that same set. You have his regular ticket. Uh, you have a, a cracked ice of uh, 23. Um, and I know somebody owns one. Shout out to the card to Maglia. Um, love that card, man. I'm jealous. Will be jealous forever. Um, I did sell him a base, a regular rookie ticket, PSA 10 as well. I have two of them. So, um, so that's a guy that I'm really, I really think highly of for this World Cup. I think we're going to see tremendous opportunity there. He's performing at Syria. Hopefully, he does start for Portugal. I'm not sure what Portugal is going to do with Ronaldo if they start him or if he becomes a super sub there. And this is part of the reason why I, I am enjoying him being on the bench at Man United is the fact that he's going to be rested and ready for the World Cup. He knows it's probably his last World Cup, even though the other night he stated that he plans on playing at the next Euros too. So uh, I would imagine he really wants to perform really well at the World Cup, and he's going to be rested. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, I can't wait for that to see how he does. But Rafael Leon, guy you're looking out for that I'm really watching. Uh, and then last week, obviously, Fabio Vieta scores for Arsenal in his debut. Looked really good out there. Looked like he belonged in the Premier League. Exceptional vision on the field. High work rate. Um, so watch out for Fabio Vieta as well. Uh, and I, he basically plays the same position as Martin Odegaard. If Odegaard's still injured, who knows? Maybe Vieta gets more of a chance. I, I don't think Vieta is going to take him take Odegaard's position. I think Arsenal does have the opportunity to play both. So we'll see what happens. So I said one player, but those two players, you guys already know how I feel about those guys. I, I really um, believe in them uh, and being Portuguese, obviously. I'm a little biased obviously. And I've talked about Martin Satriano in the past. I've talked about some others, but I'll try to post a little bit more. I know the last two weeks have been a little bit tougher for me with work. Um, so look for those posts to come up pretty soon as well. Um, shows I'll be at in the next few months. So over the next month or two, there's going to be a lot of shows. There's some big ones coming up. We have a show this Sunday in New Britain, Connecticut. It's the primetime show. I am setting up with Zips Cards for a little bit. Give him a follow on Instagram, Zips Cards. Big Musiala fan. 
Shout out to Moose having a great year. He's another guy that could be really a kind of a breakout star for the world to see at the World Cup. But we'll be set up there. We're setting up together. I'm probably going to bring a lot of hockey, um, maybe a little soccer, not tons of it, but um, a little inexpensive show. It's about 65 tables, I believe. Um, so we'll be there uh, Sunday, I think, 9 to 2. I think I'm only going to go till noon, though, noon or 12.30. I'll be there until so. If you happen to be in the building, stop by, say hello. Uh, let's let's chat a little bit. That would be great. And then next week on Saturday and Sunday, there's a big show, the New England Card Show in Springfield, Massachusetts, at at the Mass Mutual Center, right across from the MGM Casino. I will be there as well. I am setting up. As of now, I am setting up. We haven't confirmed it yet, uh, but myself and Zips Cards may be setting up there as well. For at least one day. I don't know if we're going to do both days, Saturday and Sunday. It's the long two days of that. Uh, we might just do Saturday, so we're not positive yet. But I will be there. I will try to bring a lot of soccer, a lot of hockey with me. But, again, stop by, say hello, introduce yourself. Really get, really be nice to get names, uh, faces to names, right? I know many names. I just don't know the faces. So uh, I know that's one of the things I talk about is transparency on who people are, who they are especially in the market, in the, in the card market. So I always want to know who you are. It's kind of cool to know. And I sprinkle some personal life stuff into here once in a while, and I talk about those things, uh, with, especially with me with the baby coming up. I'm really excited. It still hasn't hit me, though. So um, I guess maybe I just want him to turn into, like, a, a little Cristiano Ronaldo that will become uh, a successful soccer player so I can take credit for that. I'm just kidding. So those shows are coming up. Uh, there's another one at Mohegan Sun coming up also in November. Um, I'm thinking about exhibiting there or having a table there. Uh, if I don't, I'm definitely planning on attending. And I know a lot of you have gone to that show. I've been there a few times as well. If you are going, hit me up. Let's let's link up. Let's chit-chat. Let's hang out and talk some cards. All right. So that kind of wraps up uh, the shows I'll be at uh, in the coming weeks, months. Um, Dallas, I'm not sure I'm going to go in November again. I think Dallas was great. Um, I don't know if it's a thing I need to go every quarter. I think it's something I could probably go to once or twice a year. Uh, good show, big show, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of high-end stuff, a lot of really nice stuff, a lot of lower-end stuff too, a lot of really nice value boxes and those types of things. So hobby wish list for me this week, I'm going to say my wish list is to fill this break. All right, uh, so that's my hobby wish list this week is to fill this for Box Stadium Club Chrome Break, uh, $55 a spot, guys. Hit me up on IG if you want in. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm going to give away a slab. I'm also going to give away Barcelona in each box. We'll do a duck raise for Barcelona for each box as we go along. Make it really fun. That way, as somebody will have an opportunity to get Barcelona. They may even get Barcelona multiple times, or they or somebody different will get Barcelona each for each of the four times, which will be cool. But I will give away at least a slab that day, too, as well to somebody. So hit me up on IG, uh, DM me there, tell me you want a spot. It's a random team, so there's 19 or 20. I put 22 spots in there, I think. I, I can't remember. Two wildcard spots with um, slabs being those wildcard spots, but the key is you won't be able to see them. You'll be able to trade out for a team where the person has to get rid of their team, but they get the slab. So kind of an interesting twist, a little, little bit of fun. So um for me, I think that's it for today. So we kind of ran. It looks like we're almost at 45 minutes. I hope the episode wasn't too long. I tried to cover a little bit more, little different kind of uh, framework for this episode. I want to start taking more questions from you guys and your hobby rants, questions and hobby rants, or whatever it may be. Uh, 
if you have questions on how to do certain things, let me know. If you want questions, if you want posts on how to do, you know, pop report searches, if you want questions on how to submit, um, or excuse me, if you want videos on those types of things, let me know. Happy to help. The other thing here is let you know, I am still submitting to PSA. So if you want to submit anything to PSA, I can do it for you. I'm a collector's club member. They have the $22 promotion going on right now per card, which is cards that are valued under $199 a piece. So I'm happy to do it for anybody. I do not upcharge. I charge you what they charge me. The advantage there is that you don't have to pay extra because I know some card shops are charging extra, which is crazy to me, but it is what it is. The only condition is I hope that you send your cards and card saver ones so that you can, so I don't have to buy any more card saver ones to put your cards in. Uh, and everybody as far that has sent cards has done that for me, which is great. Um, I'll send them in for you. I'll let you know when they get shipped out. And then I'll let you know when they come back. We just did an order for Wigs. Shout out to Wigs Cards on IG. He had a few cards that he sent in and a sub that I had sent in. Um, so if you're interested, just, you know, shoot me a DM on um, on Instagram. I can do that. Uh, I can also help you and let you know if you should grade it or not. Uh, I generally grade a lot of stuff. I'm grading stuff that people would probably not grade because I'm looking down the line at the future in, in terms of being patient and waiting for somebody to kind of pop off. So that is it for this episode. Send your questions to me, DM me on IG uh, with the, your questions, your hobby rant, your hobby wish list, whatever it may be. Um, and let me know if I can help you in any way with grading. Let me know if I can help you in any way with your collection um, pursuits or collection questions. Um, you know, I can't tell you who to buy all the time. Uh, I, I don't, I try not to do that, but I try to tell people who I'm buying. I'm trying to be transparent and showing what I buy. Uh, one card that I did buy was a Carlos Alcaraz. You guys saw me post um, today. Oh, 500. I'm not happy with the QC on it, but it's going to get slabbed because I think the kid is a legend. Um, and give you an idea that that card was $100. It's now $400. So will that card decline? Maybe in the next few months it could, but if he wins another tournament, another major um, tournament, you know, like a Wimbledon or or an Australian Open, then that card continues to hang around its value. And it's hung around its value for a little bit now. So um, wish it was better QC, but it is what it is. Uh, kind of a scarce card at 100 bucks. I was happy with the purchase. So if you have questions like that on, on whether I would buy something or not, let me know. Oh, and if you have, if you know anybody who's got a Gonzalo Ramos Atomic Gold for sale of 50 from Merlin last year, please let me know. Uh, I'm willing to pay a decent amount of money for it. I just don't want to pay over, over. I will pay over comps on it, just not 40% over comps or 30% over comps, but I will pay over, um, just trying to be considerate. Uh, of what I could spend on the card. So hit me up if you can help me out with that. Atomic Gold, Gonzalo Ramos, Merlin last year. It's one of the only ones I need. Uh, I have all the other ones above the uh, of 50. So guys, thank you again. I really appreciate all of you guys listening to me and, and my banter this episode. A little bit different style episode, but I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope to um, talk to a lot of you guys at the card shows that we'll be going to. I'll hope to talk to many of you guys on DM as I try always to, to respond to you guys i really appreciate you guys supporting me um help me fill this break that, that's the next important thing there's not much money on the table for me to make on this but i want to break the four boxes and try to give you guys a chance to really hit some big big cards all right guys thank you again we'll see you next week we'll try to get these up on thursdays 
um, preferably over Fridays going forward. All right. Take care, guys. I appreciate all of you.